Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Gina Bell. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. This is the first interview in a self-care series called Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out, where we will talk about journaling, self-awareness, mindfulness, forgiveness, limiting beliefs, creativity, boundaries, and joy. We will use these topics as a springboard into a deeper self-care discussion. I'm super excited to dig deep with my guests and start building our self-care foundation brick by brick. My intention is that women gain the confidence to express their best selves in all aspects of their lives from the inside out. My first guest in this series is Gina Bell. She is an empowerment guide, author, speaker, workshop host, and creator of the Tears and Tool Movement. She is the author of a women's empowerment picture book called Tears and Tool. Gina uses art, metaphors, and rainbow tool to help people all over the world remember their color. She loves eating batter straight from the mixing bowl on an old wooden spoon, playing board games with her family, and stealing her husband's comfy socks. She is busy these days writing Tears and Taffeta, the story of a boy in his ever-growing multicolored cape. Gina lives outside of Chicago with her wonderful husband and is the mother of her six amazing kids. Gina, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you and the first guest in the new self-care series. Thank you so much for having me on today. I have been listening to your podcast this morning, so so enjoyable. I'm so excited to be here and be one of your guests. Oh, thank you. So if you've been listening to him, you know that my favorite question is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Yes, I thought about this question in great thought, actually. And at first I thought about the seasons, like traditional seasons. And then I think I went a little bit deeper into that idea of what the seasons of life actually mean to me in my personal life and in business, which are often so intertwined these days. And the seasons of life, like I think that from the time we're really small, we're kind of shown how things should be in a way. And that's including the seasons, even like what we should wear after certain months or what makes sense for fall or winter or spring. And I think when I think seasons of life, I think defining what that means for me on an individual basis, like what it means to me to grow within each season. So if it means that I'm celebrating certain seasons at different times or that I'm needing to make more space from within a season where I might be resting, that that is something I need to make space for in my own life, like defining what those seasons might mean. So traditionally I thought, oh, we're going to go with like summer, winter, talk about resting and rejuvenating and like all the things that would normally come along with those seasons. But I think my biggest 
thought, like my deepest thought with your question is working on defining what the seasons mean to me and sort of respecting and loving those seasons that don't seem as bright or colorful as the others. And, you know, I think, Gina, sometimes we can have many seasons in one season. You know, in in our busy lives, you know, there's so many different things going on. But I love your answer. And and that's what I love about that question is everyone comes with their different perspective. It's just beautiful. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for asking it. I really would love to hear the story behind you starting the Tears and Tool movement. Yes. It was a surprise movement. I had no idea it was coming, which are so many beautiful things in life, I think, uh, catch us by surprise. But I had actually been wearing tool skirts for years and different colorful tool skirts and pinks and peaches and I was on a photo shoot in Orlando, Florida. I was on an abandoned overpass. I was in my bare feet and someone had just gifted me this giant rainbow tool, like tool fabric skirt that was as big as I am. I had paired it with a black tank top and I was standing out there on this overpass and I thought, this really represents the dark and the color, the muddy, mucky parts of life and the beautiful, colorful parts. And moments before that photo shoot, I had found out my husband was going to have brain surgery when I returned home from Florida. He's, he's doing very well now. But it was a week before the anniversary of my mom's passing. Like there were dark, you know, um, real life things happening. And I was still standing in my color and standing in that good kind of power. And someone yelled out, Gina, can you run? And I went, I think so. And I fluffed up the tool around my body. I had the black tank top on and I just took off down the overpass. And it was like time just slowed down for a second. And I made space for both things, for the color and for the darkness. And I would later say it felt like seeds were just bursting out of my body and going into the earth, like something was changing inside of me. And it happened so slow and so fast and and I wouldn't really put it all together until I got home. But I got to the end of that overpass and there were people actually crying. Like it was just such a, a powerful moment, like something special was happening. And so I would fly home. I fell asleep on the plane ride home and I had this dream that these little tool packages were, were floating down into different women's houses. And I woke up on the plane and I thought, well, that's cool. What what could that possibly mean? And it would take me like nine months before I would figure out that I wanted to share my skirt with different people in different places in the country, in a couple parts of Canada. And I wanted them to know that it was okay to stand in that color and darkness at the same time. And so Tears and Tears and Tool was born. And I asked 52 women. It's still traveling. It's on the 42nd house right now. And um, yeah, this movement was created based on that experience I had. Gina, is that the picture on your website? I I want you to know that picture captivated me. You know, just seeing the skirt pulled up, it was wonderful. 
Yes. I, when I received those pictures back, I, Norma, her name's Norma Molina. She took those pictures and she's a brilliant photographer. And as I was running, she probably took like 30 photos of me coming towards her with her camera. And if you watch them like quickly all in a row, you just see that moment of like, like I'm not quite sure what's happening, but I know that it's something colorful and special. Thank you for sharing that story. I, I just love it. And what I want to ask you now is if you could read your book to us and we could use that as a jumping off point about showing up and connecting with our dreams. Absolutely. And I want to point out before I start reading that there are a few pages in the book where the girl will skip uh, dance, swish and twirl. And when she every time she does that throughout the story, she has this rainbow tool skirt that grows along with her. So if you could imagine that as I'm reading, it's uh, really a quite powerful message. Tears and tool. For my children and my mom, thank you for the spontaneous living room dance parties that often help me remember my magic. Gina Bell. To all the beautiful souls, may you find your rainbow and never let go. Elena Michalatis. Tears and Tool. One day a baby girl was born wearing a skirt made of tool. It was bright and colorful like a rainbow jewel. The skirt was invisible seen just by the girl. She giggled happily watching its wild colors swirl. The skirt connected the girl to her magic, color, and dreams. When she was full of tears, the skirt sent her heart joyful beams. As the girl grew and grew, the magical skirt did too. Soon she realized that life could be messy and unfair. She needed to remember her skirt would always be there. She fluffed her skirt and jumped to her feet. She would wake up the skirt with her own special beat. Skip. Dance, swish, twirl. Remember the spirit of that magical girl. Sometimes she felt scared, embarrassed, and like she didn't have a clue. So she fluffed her skirt and remembered the fun of trying something new. There were times she felt left out, misunderstood, and like she would never fit in. So she fluffed her skirt and remembered to be comfortable in her own skin. Skip, dance, swish, twirl. Remember the spirit of that magical girl. And when life was just too much and her eyes filled with tears, she fluffed her skirt and remembered she could learn from her fears. The tears made her wise and watered the dream in her heart. Fluffing her skirt, she remembered she was a growing work of art. Skip, dance, swish, twirl. Remember the spirit of that magical girl. As she grew older, her days could feel overwhelming, crazy, and long. So she fluffed her skirt and remembered she was radiant, resilient, and strong. Sometimes it felt like her life was falling apart at the seams. So she fluffed her skirt and remembered she could always connect to her dreams. Skip, dance, swish, twirl. 
remember the spirit of that magical girl. She celebrated her failures and the lessons they taught her along the way. She fluffed her skirt and remembered she had something important to say. She trusted the wisdom in her heart to help others grow, learn, and heal. Fluffing her skirt, she remembered her struggles made her beautiful and real. Skip, dance, swish, twirl. Remember the spirit of every magical girl. And then these last couple pages, they say the story behind the skirt. Hi, my name is Gina Bell, and I'm the creator of Tears and Tool, a woman's empowerment movement that celebrates women who show up from the chaos of everyday life to reconnect with their magic. In 2018, my life changed on an abandoned overpass in Orlando, Florida. I was wearing a simple black tank and the most magical rainbow-colored tulle skirt. I had purposely paired the colorful skirt with a black t-shirt to relay a special message to myself and people everywhere. We don't need to wait for life's perfect set of circumstances to connect with our extraordinary color. My purpose with the Tears and Tool movement is to reconnect women with their joy and color, even during life's darkest moments. It may sound strange, but the rainbow skirt woke up something wonderful in me, and I want women everywhere to experience what I did, a clarifying moment of vulnerability, magic, and happiness. A year and a half after that day on the overpass, I launched Tears and Tool. I'm sharing the rainbow skirt with 52 people over 52 weeks as a way to inspire women everywhere to reconnect with their color, the tool, from within the darkness, the tears of real life. While organizing the movement, I learned that my friend and rainbow tool skirt designer, Cass Youngs, had always hoped that one of her creations would one day travel the world. She loved that our two ideas would become one. Each woman in the movement is asked to pair the skirt with something black, make their unique magic in it, and share their tears and tools story. Time after time, participants have shared how much love and positive energy the rainbow skirt radiates, and many participants have used their time with the skirt to reflect on their greatest struggles. And that's what tears and tool is all about, embracing our perfectly imperfect lives. The Tears and Tool movement continues to grow and evolve in amazing ways. And you can join the movement by starting a Tears and Tool tribe or becoming a Tears and Tool trailblazer. The end. I love that. Thank you. You know, is the book for children or adults or both? Because the story really resonated with me. Yes. So... This is such a wonderful question because Tears and Tool was originally not supposed to be a picture book. I was writing a completely different book and I asked my late mom, I asked the ancestors who came before me, I said, look, help work through me, help me to create something that will connect me to my creativity and imagination. And it was like after I <laughs> declared that I needed help in that way, suddenly the picture book just uh, sort of transformed and I realized it was something not only that I needed to read as a little kid, but that I needed right that very second as a, let's see, I was 41 then probably, I'm 43 now, as a 41-year-old woman, I needed to remember my own magic. Before I shared that with my kids, before I shared it with the world, I 
wanted to remember for myself so that I could be the best teacher of sharing this magic I could possibly be. So the book was written for an adult woman to remember her own magic and just happens to be a picture book that is great for all ages, but it really was written for women. You know, I have grandchildren, they are in their teens. And so for their birthdays, I'm going to get them this book. You know, even though they may go there, because, you know, they're in their teens, so they may not quite understand, but I think it's something that will plant a seed and they will keep remembering that going forward. Absolutely. I'll make sure to wrap them in tool when I see your order pop up on my end <laughs> because it's such a special surprise. And I think by saying that, by saying they're teenagers and it'll plant a seed, if you look at the actual physical book, there are pictures of adult women wearing the skirt at the end of the story when it explores the story behind the skirt. And I think that when children or teenagers read it or women read it, and they see these adults wearing these, you know, this beautiful, colorful skirt, it sort of gives us all permission to stand in that space. So I'm glad that that the book has both, has the sort of colorful children's book aspect and then has the the current women's empowerment part to it too. Oh, absolutely. I, I love it. Gina, why do you think our dreams get tucked away from sight? Oh, that is such a great question. Tucked away. I love the idea that they're tucked away because I think when something is tucked away, like I talk about rainbow tool, like we can stuff it into the closets of our life. Like we can stuff it in there. We're all born, I think, with these invisible, magical rainbow tool skirts. And as we get really busy with life and I think so much of the time we listen to others more often sometimes than we listen to our own hearts. And so in doing that, we sort of forget that we are the most important voice in our lives as far as going after our dreams. So we can get busy and we can get burned out and we can get tired and we can stuff that tool into the closet. But as soon as you step into that space and really want and see that it's important to reconnect with it. It's like you're opening that closet door and it's just flooding out this beautiful, colorful tool. So I love that you say tucked away because I think we do slowly and unintentionally tuck it. But then when we stand in remembering, we're able to reconnect with that magic. I think all of us... At some point, we get busy with our children, our careers, our side projects, whatever may be going on, and we get so busy, busy doing, that sometimes we don't live those dreams. Yes. And I also think that, gosh, I have six kids. I know the how busy life can be. And... I think that the best example we can set for our children and our grandchildren and whoever might be in our lives are, you know, if we're an aunt or a mom or whoever we're, we're setting an example for, even if it's, we had one 
tiers and tool participants that said, even if it's for the younger self that's looking back at you in the mirror, like even if it's for that person, like standing in our own color shows others their inner color, shows them that they can take a look for a moment at, at that earlier color that connects them to their magic and vulnerability and creativity. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Could you give our listeners maybe three tips to help them reconnect with their dreams from within the chaos of everyday life and see things in a new way? Absolutely. Um, my first one would be any anytime I speak on stage or anytime that I'm connecting in workshops, I, I ask people what their tears and tool moment is. And it can be that moment that's happening right then. It could be something that happened last week or last year. There are no rules to how to answer the question, but I call those the even when, especially then moments of life. And you basically say something you like about yourself and then you follow with a tears moment. And then we all end together with the words, especially then. So I might say, I am brave even when I am afraid of the sound, the crescent, roll tube makes when I pop it open, like especially then, or I am smart, even when I forget my computer password, especially then. And when we can just take a moment out of our days where, you know, we make space for the mess and the magic, there's power in that because there's so much comparing these days because of the, the things we see on social media and in magazines and movies and wherever else we might be saying things. Um, I think that just taking a moment to say, okay, this is my tears and tool moment and other people are going through similar moments, help us to keep it real and remember. Um, I also think that flipping an hourglass, uh, I'm a big into hourglasses. You can go on Amazon, you can get like a four pack of different times. So you could get like a three minute, a 10 minute, a 15 and a 20 or something like that. And when you flip it over, anyone in your life knows that when that sand is moving, when you, the hourglass is flipped, that you're taking a creative moment for yourself to get to know yourself better. And so it's a good visual. If you can't tell already with the tool, I'm big on metaphors and visuals. But uh, yeah, to flip that hourglass is, I think, a really powerful sort of symbol that you're making time for yourself. And then the third thing Years ago, I read Julia Cameron's um, The Artist's Way, and she has these morning pages that you do, and that type of journaling exercise, it's just three pages of longhand writing every morning, helps to sort of declutter my brain, and she calls it brain drain. You get, you know, you write everything down, and she also recommends artist dates. So years ago, I started taking myself to the movies. <laughs> so I think that making time for yourself, I guess that's sort of the theme going with my answer is that making time for ourselves and getting to know ourselves better is super important. I love that you say it, um, or you use the phrase, taking a creative moment and having that hourglass. I, I, that, I love that. I'm going to do that. Because that is just fabulous because 
a lot of times, you know, I will sit down and read or, or journal or something like that, but I don't think I'm thinking of it intentionally as a creative moment. That, that is, right. that is a great idea. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think that it, it's just a visual. And if you see that every day or even once a week, you flip the hourglass and you're like, Oh, look at me. I'm making time for myself. And, and, there's the sand and it's sort of a way to connect that it can actually be way more powerful than we, we really think it can. Staying with this theme, what are some shifts that a woman needs to make in her thinking to see herself as lovable? Oh my gosh. I have, I have struggled with this for years. Um, Wanting to be liked, wanting to be accepted and my daughter, Sam, uh, she's 23. She posted to social media a couple weeks ago. It was this Simpsons um, meme. And it, 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 this guy was holding up a sign and it says, I have no facts like to prove that this could be true, but I'm convinced everyone in my life hates me. And I, for a minute, I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> that that really hurts. Like that, I was sad that she'd posted it. And then I immediately thought, oh my gosh, I can so relate to her posting this. Like I've, I've gone through this. I've had this feeling in my life. And so my first thought was don't share that. Like, don't, don't reach out to her and tell her like, like I'm trying to protect her from this sadness or this feeling of, not being enough or whatever might be coming up for me in that moment. And then I changed the way I normally think about things. Like I shifted and I thought, no, I need to reach out to Sam and tell her I feel like this too. And so I reached out to her. I said, I I, I had the same feeling and it's, it's powerful and scary and it, it, it's real. And in doing that, it sort of, opened things up for me in a way that I think it's so important that we, we share our real struggles and we don't try and polish things up to make them pretty or make them more likable. And so I think like the most, one of the most important things we can do as women is stand in our messes together. And I think that it helps us to love ourselves more when we feel like we're not so alone. Gosh, that was a long answer, but that that's how I'm feeling. No, I feel like you're dropping truth bombs all over the place today. Because when you said that about standing in our messes together, that is absolutely true when we can stand together and not feel alone. Yeah. And I think that there is this isolation that we can we can feel when we're comparing ourselves. And I often say that. I think we compare ourselves to people that are comparing themselves to others. And so we're all just comparing ourselves instead of just slowing down to figure out what makes sense in our own hearts. Speaking of self-care, how important is it to show up in our lives related to self-care? Oh my gosh, this is a lesson. It is an ongoing lesson for me in my own life because I know how busy I can get and how 
I can forget or decide to do something different than connecting with my self-care. And self-care to me isn't just bubble baths and, you know, whatever self-care has been defined as over the years. But it's just, you know, taking a moment to pause before you react to something, I think is such a, a way to care for your inner heart and soul. I think that getting creative I started roller skating again, you know, making time for the things we know we don't have time for. There's no way I have time to roller skate on Wednesday mornings with the seniors at the roller skating center by my house. Like there's just no way. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe in those th- those moments, those times that we think there's no way we can pause to do them are the times that our wisdom is trying to share something magical with us. So maybe go to the movies, maybe go roller skating, maybe, soak your feet for three minutes and just think about, you know, how you want to go more into your wisdom or your creativity or your imagination. I just want you to know, Gina, I think you are the absolute perfect guest to have as the first guest in this self-care series. (laughs) Thank you. It feels very aligned. And I think because I've struggled with it my whole life, like it's, it, it helps me to become a better teacher of, of standing in that space with others. So thank you for saying that. Now, if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell her about the season of life you're in right now? I would tell her that, Oh gosh, just when you think you have your answer to something, it shifts, doesn't it? I I think that I would share with her that sometimes when we're young, we're in survival mode and we're trying to figure out how to cope and we don't always have all the tools that we need. That as an adult, as a person in my 40s now in this season that I'm in and the way I'm trying to bring my magic out into the world and connect it with others, that we can really heal through those parts of our lives where we didn't maybe have the tools to, you know, uh, fully heal or work on healing. So yeah, I'd give her a big hug, (laughs) would give her a big hug and tell her that. Thank you. How can, how can our listeners work with you? How can they find you on social media, your website? Yeah, uh, we have some fun local things going on. We have full moon circles if you're if you're in the Chicagoland area. But if you were to Google Tears and Tool, just Tears and Tool, and Tool is spelled T-U-L-L-E, like the fabric, you will find the book, you'll find the movement, you'll find the Facebook pages. So Tears and Tool is a pretty unique phrase or title. So if you put that into your search, you'll find all things Tears and Tool related, and I'll be connected to all of that. Thank you so much for being a guest, and I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.